1: This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and
2: Patrick Maher on V-CEN. right, it is the Lombardi Line as we welcome you in. And as I look down, Michael Lombardi, South Carolina up on North Carolina, 15 to nothing. They've got a grad transfer. Actually, it was a grad assistant starting at quarterback anyway. We say hi. Good morning, Michael. How are you? I,
3: I love it. I, I mean, the unpredictability of the bowl season is—it's is insane. Is it, is it insane. I mean, if you're betting bowl games, God bless you. God bless you. Really. God bless you. Don't, <laughs> you, you don't blame Street. me. Don't blame me. God bless you.
2: When you have a legend come back to coach the team, like when Stoops is standing on the sideline, you know it's just getting weird. Last night, as Oklahoma yeah. rolled, although that second half was wild last night.
3: Yeah, I mean, and, you know, I don't know how how they were able to coach anything going on in the game. You know, Oregon, who's coaching? Landing? is he getting ready for the big game? I mean, I was confused, but God bless anybody who wants to wager on these that really feel confident, you know, that you really feel confident that Miami, Florida, you know, could have beaten Washington State or you feel comfortable that Central Michigan could beat Washington State now, you know, I mean, so – I I know we're a betting show giving out betting advice, but we are in uncharted territory. Now we've entered an uncharted territory in the NFL, Patrick, with this new rule where five days is Carson Wentz going to play on Sunday. Is he not going to play on Sunday? What's going on? I mean, it just never nothing changed. It's all the same, right?
2: Well, I meant to ask you. I don't know if you've heard from Frank Reich, but he's making some calls, and you maybe you yeah. can loosen up that arm a little bit. So you just nailed it. It's down to five. He's unvaccinated. He being Carson Wentz. However, Sunday morning will be the fifth day. Tuesday was the day, so he could be eligible to play. If not, remember they let go of Easton, so Ellinger would step in there. And there's the Colts laying six and a half hosts. The Raiders, Michael,
3: it, and it opened it opened online at, at eight and a half, uh, and then I saw a lot of sevens. Really, I think it opened at seven. There's some sevens still out there. But it's six and a half pretty much across the board. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is, to me, this is the Raiders' season, right? I mean, this Absolutely. is it, right? The, the Raiders have to give it all they have. They have to play to the end. And, you know, it sounds like there's no chance Waller's playing. He's, not only does he have a bad leg or knee or whatever he has, he's in COVID as well. So I think the critical thing in this game, Patrick, will be Eric Fisher. You know, we're all focused on, I mean, obviously Wentz playing is going to be important, but Fisher, the left tackle, they got away with it last week. I don't know how, you know, I really don't, but they did. And Julian Davenport has to step in at left tackle. That's a hard thing to do when you're playing against two edge rushers like Crosby and Ndokwe that are very good.
2: Yeah. You know, it's interesting or ironic about Fisher, Michael, that- he was the key to the Super Bowl as well. Remember the two edges, yeah. Schwartz and, and, and Fisher in the Super Bowl. And now turn around a guy that was drafted one overall, kind of in a nice career, not a number one overall type of career. And he becomes no. super vital, vital to this team.
3: He's he's a huge part of the team. I mean, it's hard to replace your left tackle during the season. You know, and, and we've, seen, we've seen it affect t- t- the Tennessee with Lawand out. You know, when he goes out. Now, last week they were able to overcome it because they could convert third down at a rapid rate. But I think when you look at the early part of the season, before Fisher started to play, you saw the offense turn the ball over too much. We saw Wentz behave in a Ricky Fowler mentality and I think that was affecting partly because there wasn't very good protection.
2: Yeah, so you nailed it as far as the Raiders. Let me just set this up. Indy laying six and a half. Will it be Ellinger? Will it be Wentz? But they're sitting five at nine and six in the AFC. Remember, seven teams each conference, so who can get there in the AFC right now? Seven seed, so that last wild card goes, Michael, to Miami at eight and seven, but you've got three teams at eight and seven. You've got Los Angeles, the Chargers at eight and seven and then right behind them, nine seed right now would be the Raiders at 8-7 and, and then Baltimore at 8-7. So the Raiders, this is a must-win. I mean, this is their postseason here.
3: This is their postseason, the, post and then they got the Chargers next week, which to me is, you know, in doing some work this week getting ready for the games, you know, I try to really get involved with the Chargers, and, and when you really study the Chargers, the, the area that shows up significantly this year is that, you know, they made the coaching change from Anthony Lynn to Brendan Staley. Mm -hmm. And when they made that change, I thought it was a really smart change because I thought they weren't good enough on defense. And I thought they needed to improve their defense. And I thought that with Herbert and you hire a defensive coach, you're going to be good on it. But if you get that defense to a level that it needs to be, you could really take giant strides towards closing that gap against Kansas City. And yet, Patrick, their defense has gotten significantly worse than last year. I mean, significantly worse in most, in most every category. I mean, points allowed, yards, first downs, red zone, third down, all of them. I mean, they're in the bottom quadrant, 30, 29th area in all those areas. And I just don't see how it's going to be able to manifest itself into the playoffs. I mean, Denver, even though uh, my man Drew Locke's going to quarterback this week, Denver should be able to run the ball. Now, Williams is questionable with his injury at running back for Denver. But everybody runs the ball on this team you know everybody runs the ball again. i mean we saw rex burkholt run for a buck 38 last week that's on un- that's inexcusable
2: and i know it's tough to judge because they were missing everybody against houston but let's be fair it's not just the houston game but they have are they just slight i mean tillery and joseph and bosa and they drafted kenneth murray at the linebacker we know derwin james is a stud i mean they have players but they just they haven't performed and the coach has to take some heat for that well, James
3: hasn't played. I mean, James yeah. has been hurt. You know, he's been out, you know, and, and he's got a hamstring that, that's limited. his. He was limited this week in practice. But you're right. I mean, I thought that they would be able to close that gap. I mean, they're 31st in points allowed. They've given up more points in the fourth quarter this year than they did all of last year, and we were all over Anthony Lynn criticizing him for his lack of being able to close out games. Of course, we don't say anything about Staley because he goes for it on fourth down, and that absolves everything, right? Like, we don't even look at the key components of this game because he goes for it on fourth down. That's like, okay, he's made the analytical community so happy, but they fail to look at his team. They fail to look at his team. I mean, his... I mean, it's not good. The defense has not improved what, what at all from last year. It's really kind of disappointing.
2: It's a great example for betters, the Staley situation, because you don't want to get caught up in the consensus. Like when everybody just starts saying something, generally this is the way humans work. We just take it and we telephone it. So all of a sudden Staley became, I mean, his team's sitting eight and seven with a stud at quarterback, and weapons all over the right. place. So it, it's almost like when when everybody agrees on something, you have to start picking it apart and ask, is this really the answer?
3: Yeah, no doubt. You have to start picking it apart. And I think that when you start peeling back some layers, and it was just so obvious last week watching them against Houston, and you're sitting there saying, are they really good enough on defense? Are they good enough? You know, and, and they're not. You know, they're, they're 30th in the special teams according to DVOA. Yeah, they're thirtieth there. You know they're twenty. They're they're twenty sixth on defense, in DVOA. Those are two categories that you can't deny. They're being carried by their quarterback, not by the other two areas. And those two areas break down, and that's what ultimately cost them.
2: And frankly, Herbert is great, but he is a second-year starter, and he's been fallible at times this year. He's not going to be perfect. So you have to somebody has to step up, whether it's the coach, whether it's the defensive unit, and help him. It's a disappointing eight and seven team. I would say. Would you agree with that? They're they're laying six and a half, hosting the Broncos here this week.
3: I think the depth of the roster, talent-wise, isn't good enough. I think you see that in the kicking game. And I think that they're ultimately on defense, they're not getting the kind of production that I think they, when they made this change, I think they were thinking, okay, we're going to get better on defense. We got a great quarterback. We're getting the top 10 on, on defense. We'll be, you know, keep people out of the end zone and we'll win these close games. And that has not been the case. And if I'm Brendan Staley and I'm coming back next year, I've got to do a complete autopsy on what's going on defensively. I've got to sit there and say, okay, what is happening here defensively? Never and remember. in the kicking game. Yeah. And in the kicking game. Because I think when you're playing the Chiefs, one of the, the untold stories about playing the Chiefs is you've got to be really good in the kicking game. When you play Kansas City, you know, you think, okay, I'm going to get an advantage because they're never usually very good on defense. Well, that, that that's not the case this year. They're much better on defense than they've been. However, that being said, they're, number, they're always in the top five with Dave Taub in the kicking game. They always, because they emphasize it. So you're gonna to have to win that phase. If you can't if you don't win that phase and their defense beats you and their offense beats you, you're going to lose the game. You got to win two of the three phases to win football games. It's just, it's just never doesn't happen if you don't.
2: You stress it so much. Belichick stresses it so much. Something in the off season, I might want to dig into these numbers. First year head coaches, how their special teams perform. So maybe betters can use this information the following year, because it does feel like they're probably over inundated. Like Staley has so much going on that maybe they leave that third aspect over here and don't focus. And then, one once they get comfortable in the role, like Belichick focuses, as you know, on special teams as much as he focuses on anything. So I'd be curious to think to look through the numbers on a first year head coach and how his special teams perform.
3: Well, like you take Las Vegas this week, right? They're going to go back and play the Jacks. They're going to pack and play Andy right now. Las Vegas head coach is a special teams coach. They're 26 in the league in special teams, according to DVOA that measures this right. Mm-hmm. That I mean that's horrible. And, and Indy is very good. Indy, That's one of the areas where Indy win games. I mean, they beat they, – they, they were able to win a game there because of their special teams. And so Indy emphasizes it. they don't. I mean, when you look at the bottom, just according to DVOA, when you look at the bottom teams, Green Bay, the worst special teams, Jacksonville, the Chargers, Denver, Miami, Atlanta, Las Vegas, San Francisco, Tampa Bay, you know, Carolina. I mean, that's really – and when you, if you read Bill Snyder's book – which is a great book, and I, I urge everyone to read it. It's it's about his time from his coaching career going back to when he was a high school coach in Southern California and all the way through to when he turned around Kansas State, which to me I can remember sitting there as an area scout for the 49ers in Manhattan, Kansas, and saying no one could win here, you know, just declaring it, and he did, and special teams was the key to his turnaround.
2: Yeah, makes sense to me. There it is, the Raiders, Colts. Again, the Colts laying six and a half. We were just talking. The Miami controls essentially Miami, but here's the interesting thing for the Chargers, the Raiders, and Ravens who are chasing Miami. Miami's got to play Tennessee and New England, so it's not going to yeah. get much easier. Well, I mean, That's the hardest
3: part of their schedule. I mean, they've been on, but they've been on vacation the last seven weeks.
2: Michael, play card, debit, Mastercard, get paid faster with a paper check with direct deposit. Always be ready to roll with PlayCard. PlayCard.com to apply subject to card activation and ID verification, terms and cost apply, card issue, MetaBank, NA member FDIC. We're just getting started. Is it going to be Trey? Is it going to be Jimmy? We'll find out next year at Lombardi Line.
1: Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Or download the app today. You're listening to The Lombardi Line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi... Once again, here's Patrick Maher.
2: Okay, football season is here. It's time to download BetMGM the King of Sportsbooks. Visit BetMGM.com or simply download the BetMGM app. If you're in town, bring that state-issued ID to any MGM casino on the strip and you're ready to bet within minutes. Must be 21 years or older, physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you do have a gambling problem, it's one 800 522 Forty-seven hundred. Okay, Michael Lombardi, the Lombardi line on Patrick Maher. How about an eighteen-nothing lead for the South Carolina Gamecocks, who ended up closing? They ended up closing like twelve-point dogs because Sam Howell's playing, and we've got a grad, a dude that was coaching. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. unbelievable. That to your point about how you gonna how you gonna lay anything here, um, that is wild. You know,
3: and what's wild, too, Patrick, As we were on commercial break. I was just looking at the NFL board this weekend. And, you know, New England's up to 16 and a half, according to Circa. They're 15 and a half. You can find some 15 and a half, 16s, but they're 16 and a half. And then I, Dallas just went to six, which was fascinating. You know, I mean, Dallas sitting at five, five and a half most of the week, and they just went to six. And Green Bay's at a solid seven across the board.
2: And San Francisco went to twelve and a half. They did open 15 and a half. Here comes the fighting Texans into town. And the big question is, is it going to be Jimmy? Is it going to be Trey? Is it, it, there, there could be a... Netflix needs to get a series on quotes from Kyle Shanahan about Trey Lance because this is so cryptic and it needs to be in the murder mystery section because (laughs) I mean it's like every time he talks it's like oh I'm supposed to say he's killing it in practice and then he slips up he's like actually he wasn't that great today but oh but I meant he was awesome it's a little weird Uh, Jimmy feels like he might be ready to go I don't know if you hear anything it looks like the number indicates that it might be Trey Lance.
3: You know, I think it's going to be Trey Lance. I mean, I think if if you, you know, you, you've got to feel like, look, okay, we'll go in here. Our defensive front can control this game. You know, we'll, we'll run the football. We'll manage Trey Lance as best we can. And we come out of this with a win and we get Jimmy ready for the season finale, which we're going to need to win anyway. Yeah. I mean, that's the smart thinking behind it. I mean, why risk it? I mean, especially you know with a week with a thumb that's weak and you know you start losing the football or you don't throw the ball with the same effectiveness, I mean it can only go bad for you. So I, I think you're smart to play Trey Lance, run a little bit of the offense for him. You're going against the Lovey Smith defense, which is a lot of Tampa twos and weak safety roll, cover middle of the field closed. You know you're not gonna, it's not going to be a complicated scheme game. You got to block the front. You got to be able to handle their speed and don't turn the ball over. Don't do what, what, what the Chargers did, which is turn the ball over and let them run the ball on you.
2: Yeah, and they're 8-7, and seven, so they're sitting 6th seed, the San Francisco 49ers. They feel great about their chances as far as the wild card. They're not going to catch either the Rams or Cardinals for the division, but they do have key wins over teams behind them, the Eagles and the Vikings. They also hold a slight conference record tiebreaker over the Saints. So they should be okay. They got Houston. This win should get them in at 9, and then they close out at the Rams. Uh, so, I, look, San Francisco. They the
3: Rams are going to have to – I mean, now if Arizona loses – well, the, you know, I mean, I think a lot of that game, well, the Rams, I think it's going to be interesting strategy in week 17. If you've got your division clinched, can you improve your rating rankings? You know, where are you going? Are you going to play that game? Are you kind of locked into the three seed? I think when all next Tuesday, you know, Wednesday, next week, I think that's going to really lead us down the road of who might play and who might just take some guys and say, OK, wait a minute. Let's just get ready for the playoff game.
2: Yeah, you mentioned it. They've got a one-game lead in division, the Rams. They're at Baltimore. And as you mentioned, Arizona's at Dallas. So this could come down to, this really could come down to week 18. Both teams needing a win here because the division matters is what I'm trying to say. Right.
3: And Baltimore plays the Rams at one, right? So before that ball gets kicked off, you know, Arizona's going to know, can they close the gap, right? Can mm-hmm. they close this gap at 425 when they play the Cowboys? Because if, if, if the Rams win, then the Rams basically will have a one-game lead with one game to play.
2: Let's discuss that game, the Rams at Baltimore. So they'll travel cross-country. Baltimore needs this. We've talked about it. This number open two and a half. although the Rams have been bet up to three and a half on the road. And the big question is, Matt, you just told me uh, Huntley is off the list. So Huntley is good to go. Yeah. Uh, we saw, you saw the video of Lamar Jackson still struggling. That'll be the question, what they do at quarterback. They need a win here.
3: You know, I, I didn't, to me, watching, I don't know why they let that video out, unless it was kind of a dupe video. Because he looked like – I mean, he shouldn't have been on the practice field. I mean, let's be real honest. I mean, he didn't look like he was anywhere near ready to play football. Right. So, you know, I mean, he limped. And to me, you can't put Lamar out there. You cannot put Lamar out there unless he's 100%. I mean, let's be, let's be clear here. I know there's this mythology about Baltimore, and they're good at covering. But, you know, what, what's happened over since they beat the Chargers right before their bye when they played Cincinnati, they've won three games, and they've lost five. I mean they're 3 and 5 over the last eight and, and, and it's gone from bad to worse. I mean, they can't stop the forward pass. They give up 13 yards per pass attempt. I mean, they're just not very good in that area. And you know, they've given up and they've given up a lot of points in the fourth quarter and the opposing quarterback ratings are 101.2 against them. And and, and it's because they don't have enough players. They've run out of players. And this is a game, and I think it's kind of remarkable this line really was a two-and-a-half, to be honest with you. I don't see how Lamar plays in this game.
2: And they feel good about Huntley. I think that's the one positive. They, they, their focus needs to be getting people healthy on defense. And it just, I mean, that really is what it comes down to right now for the Ravens. I mean,
3: but let's just look at the Ravens season. Let's just take an objective look, okay? They, they come from behind to beat Kansas City in Week 2, Okay. They, they literally were given a gift by the NFL officials in, the, in week three of the season against the Lions, right? That was yes. a complete gift. I mean, that was a complete gift. They come storming from behind to beat the Colts, you know, And after that, after that Colt win, I mean, it's been downhill. They beat the Chargers, get destroyed by the Bengals, come back, beat Minnesota in overtime, right? That that was an overtime win. Lose to Miami on a Thursday night, killed most people's uh, uh, survivor pick, beat a bad Bears team by three-point, beat a bad Browns team by six, and now i have lost four in a row. But they keep it close they lose 20-19 to Pittsburgh, 24-22 to Cleveland, 31-30 to Green Bay. And then last week they just got blown out. Because I think last week was really about Cincinnati saying, "We're just going to keep throwing because they can't stop the if if Green Bay would have taken that approach table off by 17 at Green Bay.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And then the Rams conversely, you know, 4 and 0 ATS their last four. This is a team it they've had it's been an interesting season for the Rams, right? Start off hot, go through a little bit of an ebb, and now starting to come out of it at the right time.
3: Yeah, and I think the Rams, and I I just see it on the tape when I watch the tape of the Rams. They've gone from, look – We're going to replace Jared Goff with Matt Stafford. He's much better, so we're going to do way more things to where we figured out, let's just have Matt Stafford run Jared Goff's offense and we'll be even better than we were before, and I think that's what they've done. And so now they're running the football more effectively. They're still making yards. He's at 8.1 yards per attempt down the field, so he's getting the ball down the field. He's turning the ball over way too much. However, that being said, you know, they're able to overcome it, and they can still get the ball remarkably every single week to Cooper Cup. I mean, it's just remarkable. It's just remarkable. He's got 132 catches, and he's the guy who's going to get every ball.
2: And how about a guy that I know Bill knows very well, that being Sony Michelle, kind of char- being part of this, and he's ran the ball wonderfully. You can tell he's motivated, and they—that's the, the shift is exactly what you said with the Rams, the ability to run the football over the second half of the season here.
3: Uh, that's been the key, right? I mean, that has been the key because really when you look at them on defense, they haven't been as – Good on defense as we thought. Everybody thinks they're going to be dominating. I mean, they're 40% on third down. You can convert third downs against them, even with the great Von Miller and Aaron Donald and all the good players that they have. But they're able to, their offense is able to dictate the tempo of the game. And when they run the ball and they play physical and limit their offensive line, the liability that they have in the offensive line, because we saw Tennessee exploit that liability. You know, we saw, we saw San Francisco exploit it. We saw Green Bay. You know, they're not great in the offensive front.
2: Cam Akers is huge for this team. And the the miraculous recovery from the I, – I, he injured – he tore his ACL last week and he's back. I don't know how he's done it, but I'm being yeah. facetious. But th- he had such an element as far as change of pace and just explosiveness. So if Akers is anything that he resembled last year, he should be good to go. Well, I mean, it's
3: going to be – you know, usually it takes some time to see where they go with that, you know, and – We'll we'll see, but the, again, it gives them another option, especially with Henderson being injured right now.
2: Yep, I are. It
3: gives them another option, you know. But at, at the end of the day, this is going to come down to I think Sonny Michelle's is is in there to bang it, run the ball, and they've got to be able to control the pace of the game. And and look, let's face it, they may have to go back to Green Bay again and do it all over again and see if they can win, take this team outdoors and see if they can play
2: well, effective play well in the elements. The more things change. You look at the NFC, Green Bay's twelve and three. You look at the AFC, Kansas City's eleven and four. Kansas City was two and three. Now all of a sudden it's just like and they've started to pull away and almost like you like to see it, Michael. I'm guessing Reed likes it as the offense starts to click a little bit more. This defense, the turnaround has been short nothing short of miraculous.
3: No, I mean they're great on defense. Since the second half of the Washington game when they're trailing thirteen to ten, they've turned this thing around. And, and look, they're good in the kicking game, and now they're they're actually good. They're back to being themselves a little bit on offense.
2: Yep. Nailed it. Okay. Vinny stop stopping by next. Look forward to it from behind the book here at the South Point. My guess is he's very happy with South Carolina being up 18-7 <laughs> against North Carolina. That's my assumption. We'll find out when Vinny joins us next here on the Lombardi Line, presented by BetMGM. It's Sin the Sports Betting Network.
1: to the Lombardi line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi now once again here's Patrick Maher. all right
2: pay attention mail because you can get 50% off right now v all access subscription for the rest of the football season that might be good for the books right now they're getting killed get access to our in-depth match up analysis trends and picks for every game and sport on the schedule including our exclusive betting split showing you where the money's going sign up today and you're going to get our daily best bet emails. Here's the bottom line. You get everything for thirty-nine dollars, which is incredible. VCN.com slash subscribe. Gotta hurry up though. VSN.com slash subscribe, thirty-nine bucks. Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. I'm Patrick Maher. We're joined by Vinny Maliulo. We were just talking. They're getting killed on these the, the books are getting killed on these bowl games, uh, unfortunately. And a run of overs in the NHL, which doesn't bode well, and the NA- and the NFL's not going well either. But Merry Christmas, buddy. How are you? You feel bad for us, <laughs> don't you?
4: <laughs> it's good.
2: Really. Good to see, see you.
4: Yeah, I mean, uh, it's well. Listen, it's tell just, Michael the one bowl season, game you won. It's the season of giving. Yeah, we did win the. Uh, uh, I'm happy to say we won the Virginia SMU game because it got canceled. <laughs> yeah. So that was uh, that was a good result. But uh, listen, no crying. That's all. There's no crying in baseball. There's no crying in bookmaking. Nobody feels sorry for the, uh, for the, for the house, and that's fine. That's okay. But you know, Maher, mm. I love it when you gloat. I'm not gloating. Oh, I'm not I'm gloating. Reporting you facts. think he's sitting down? He's not touching the ground, yeah. folks. <laughs> say, I'm reporting facts. Suffering. Although,
2: Michael, I would say I think the start of the day, if South Carolina covers, this was seven a couple of days ago, and yeah. it closed at 12 with North Carolina laying it, and they're yeah. getting beat right now, 18-7. to seven. So I'm guessing this is a good start for you there, Vinny.
4: Well, there's a long way to go, uh, let's face it. We've seen <laughs> we've yeah, seen, this. We've seen <laughs> some swings. We've seen some swings here. In fact, the, the favorites today, uh, this game, uh, we opened seven, and a half tried to get ahead of it a little bit, uh, up to twelve, and uh, in fact uh, every favorite uh, getting played today. Seven uh, Tennessee up uh, five uh, five points to seven and a half. Pittsburgh, as we know, opened the favorite, and then the, the picket uh, announcement uh, came uh, came out, and um, now the uh, Pittsburgh opened as a four-point favorite. Michigan State up to three and a half, and uh, Wisconsin from uh that's that's one has kind of gone back and forth that one went from seven to six and uh now back up to seven so but uh you know it's not unusual different challenges than in years past there have been opt-outs in years past but there's more now uh, because the transfer portal yeah and so and of course coaches and things like that so michael it's a it's a situation where uh there's different factors but we know that going in betters know it going in and uh We'll see. Uh, you know, we just, you just try to do the best you can as uh, my, on both sides.
3: My question, my question to you, Vinny, have yep. you ever seen so many flips in terms of one favorite going to the dog <laughs> as we've seen this yeah. year?
4: No, no, I haven't. And again, I think when you factor in uh, the, the, the transfer portal has added to the opt-outs. Right? It's not just you know. In recent years, it was. Well, I'm I'm gonna you know play it safe and because I'm going I'm going pro as a player and you know I don't want to risk injury right for the draft. But now you've also got the transfer portal. You've got coaches. I mean, we've always seen coaches coaching moves, uh, but I think you have a lot more coaching moves going on now. I mean, you're watching games and. The coach of the you know there there are individuals coaching the games, but then the future the next coach is being interviewed yeah. <laughs> on the sideline yeah. or in the studio. It's like so there's a lot of distractions and um, but again you've got to uh, uh, you, what we have to do is sometimes and when we get to the NFL it's, uh, there's some similar circumstances but with the COVID you can't be afraid to just say hold up on the game just wait a second until we get a better handle on it and certainly numbers are moving a lot quicker,
2: Michael. I would say the transfer portal no longer being punitive is really yeah. what adds to this, right? Because these kids it's unbelievable. can just jump.
3: And, and I don't know how, and I think the problem extends itself to next offseason, Vinny, is how yeah. do you handicap these teams? you know when they Mm -hmm. got all these new players coming in and it makes them a lot look at Michigan State you know probably wasn't handicapped earlier in the year as well as they need because they get Kenneth Walker in there and Mm -hmm. he's a dominant player and who knew you know and Wake Forest loses a dominant player so to me I I think this is really I mean they've college football has created their own free agency yeah it's really remarkable I mean Levi Williams is playing against Kent State for Wyoming and the next day he's in the transfer portal (laughs) and, and probably deserves to go you know I mean he's a really good player mm-hmm. you know I, but I mean and I can't fault him for it. I'm not blaming him I right. mean it's just you show up you play well I'm leaving
4: yeah no it's a, it's a situation you've, you've always had the element of you know what's the motivation of teams right for bowl game but I think now more than ever I mean it, it, some of these games I don't want to quite call them spring games Oh, you, but can. <laughs> you know what? In some cases, that's probably a, 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 a more accurate comparison than not. I think, and there's a couple of things, Purdue, Tennessee
2: coming up. First off, that's going to be a home game in Nashville for Tennessee, Michael. And then secondly, mm-hmm. Purdue is going to be without their best player on offense and their best player on defense. David Bell, the wide receiver who does everything for Purdue. Mm-hmm. He's out. He's going to the draft, the edge. I can never say his name. He's also out for Purdue. He's going to the draft and they haven't seen a passing attack. Like Tennessee's going to show them in the big 10. So this is, I, I think it's a mismatch. You see the number all the way up to seven and a half it was seven this morning as vinnie mentioned it opened purdue the other way two and a half the other one that i wanted to mention michael get your take on this P- pittsburgh we know is out without kenny and without the offensive coordinator but people realize michigan states without their offense kenneth walker the third yeah, right. isn't playing either so that's yeah. a huge aspect here michael
3: no doubt, no doubt. And, and you know, and look, one thing Pitt can do, Pitt can rush the passer. Not that Michigan's got a great passing attack, but Pitt can rush. The, their defense can really get after it, and their run defense – Their run defense was sixth in in, in all of college football. I mean, Pitt, you know, we know that Pickett played really well and their offense carried them. But there were times during the year we saw them against Clemson. We saw them against Syracuse. Certain teams that they played, they played really good defense. And even in Wake Forest, I mean, they held Wake Forest to 21 points. And Wake Forest, we know, is a really good offensive football team.
4: Won the ACC.
2: So that is, are you sitting three and a half
4: with Michigan State? Uh, Michigan State up to three and a half, yeah. And again, Pitt opened four uh, early on. Now, it, it, once the picket news came out, which was probably about a week or so later, right? Um, these games went up on December fifth, so um, there was some early movement. But the, so picket the picket announcement, or at least the, the the speculation, was that he wasn't going to play, and we know now he's not. But the um, the Walker announcement kind of came later, so and and it it started to move toward Michigan State, but it has still moved to Michigan State. We were at two and a half uh, just uh, uh, two days ago, and it's uh, just been a continued move to the Spartans here, up to three and a half.
2: Field goal for North Carolina in game. They've moved to a two and a half point favorite. They're down 18 to 10, South Carolina with a hot start. Uh, so, we shall see. Michigan, do you think, Michael, there's truth to the rumor that Amal Shaw is going to wear his Mel Tucker jersey on the <laughs> odds-on today celebrating Michigan State's head coach? Is there a truth I, to that rumor? I think if
3: Mel, if Mel Tucker doesn't, you know, uh, Amal's like that dog in the backyard with two hands wrapped around his <laughs> bone, and Mel Tucker's that bone, and so <laughs> if, 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 today that bone's going to get gnawed and chewed, and, you know, he's going to growl. He's not going to let that bone off at all. I mean, he's just, you know, there's nothing Mel Tucker could do to that make them all happy, you know? <laughs> Except ben. throw him another bone. And if he and if he loses,
2: he's thrown him another bone. I mean, let's be real honest. <laughs> ben Simmons likes the 76ers more than Amal Shaw likes uh, yeah. the coach at Michigan State. Uh, the late one, and then we'll move on, but Arizona State, Wisconsin. Where would you open and where are you sitting on that? And by the way, that's down the road here at Allegiant Stadium.
4: Yeah, and both teams will be well represented in terms of uh, fans. Uh, you Absolutely. Know, and Wisconsin always shows well uh, wherever they go, but uh, we've seen quite a few. Uh, over the years, Wisconsin backers uh, come town. Of course, Arizona State closer. Um, but this is a game that's probably the most two-way game up to this point, although it's uh, it's been all Wisconsin today. Open seven uh, with the Badgers favored. Went as low as six. And then they lead six and six and a half. So uh, right now, uh, what's going to be interesting about this game is it's the last game of the day. So everything from today going towards it. Uh, to it in terms of uh, parlays and uh, and even teasers. But um, two ways so far, but uh, up until this morning where it's been all Wisconsin.
3: Okay. Going to be interesting. I mean, you know, Wisconsin's defense with Jim Leonard is so good. I don't know what they could do offensively, but this will be – I thought Arizona State was going to be a better team offensively this year with Daniels, and they really kind of disappointed me. Uh, You know, they were 71st in relative scoring offense for the season, which was, you know, and they lose to Oregon State. You know, they lose to Washington State. You know, played Utah and and lost to them. I, I was kind of disappointed. I thought they would be a better team. To me, I think Wisconsin's defense will be the difference in this
2: game. Are you going to be in Allegiant Stadium with your face painted for this matchup?
4: No, or? I will not. I'll be right here uh, with in, in all stadiums. You know, when you're here, you're actually in all stadiums. Fair so. enough.
2: Yeah, do that's you, true. Yeah. Do you have a Do you have a college team that you grew up rooting for?
4: Uh, rooting for Penn State, I was, because uh, um, Penn State had did a lot of recruiting in, in the uh, the New York metropolitan area. Uh, Ohio State did as well. So I would say. Uh, but again, I, I've, ever since um, high school, I, it was, you know, who who don't ask me who I like, ask me who I need. Well,
2: <laughs> and my the craziest thing, Michael, is having spent nine years in Manhattan, like people don't realize there isn't a college football vibe there. You go to Jersey, there is, you know, yeah. where you, where, yeah. where you grew up, there mm-hmm. is, but the actual New York City, you know, it's Big East, it used to be Big East basketball, college hoops and all that, but there's really no college football there.
4: A lot of Notre Dame backers in that area, Yeah, a lot of Notre Dame Dame backers. Yeah, a
2: lot of Notre Dame backers, no doubt. There it is. We'll transition from a little college football here for – actually, I do want to ask him about the big games tomorrow night. We'll get into those. Matchy out for Alabama. So, we'll come back. We'll discuss that here Lombardi Line. Vinny's in.
1: Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com, or download the app today. You're listening to The Lombardi Line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi... Now, once again here's patrick maher right,
2: so it's bet mgm we're just talking about the mob in vegas from that to BetMGM mgm new year's day special Pla- simply place a ten dollar money line wager on any sport to win two hundred dollars in free bets so they're just basically handing you for new betters at bet mgm free money if, if go over there use the bonus code vsin 200 200 and you're ready to go start your new year off right and discover what you're missing out on right now at BetMGM. 21 years or older, all promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as a non-withdrawable free bet or site credit. 1-800-GAMBLER if you do have an issue. We welcome you back. It's 25. Gamecocks just scored again. We still have time to go in the quarter. 25-10 as they lead North Carolina. A little border war going on. Mm-hmm. What, were, what were you pointing at, Vinny? Vinny joins some Michael Lombardi and myself here on the Lombardi line. Just
4: looking at this uh, total. Uh, it's going to go over. Yeah, they actually, I was a little surprised. They bet this one uh, under early. But, Would you uh, close? 57 and It's a half. 64 and a half updated in game. Yeah, in game. Yeah, yeah. In-game, yeah it's for sure. Yeah.
2: So, Michael, tomorrow, I think the Mechi loss is huge. John Mechi, of course, for Alabama. Uh, as far as him missing out on this, we, we know Jameson right. Williams is a stud, but, and they have talent, but this is, this is a big miss. And you take a look right now, the first of the semis, Cincinnati, Alabama. Michael, I'll start with you. 13-and-a-half opener. I'm seeing 13s and 13-and-a-half still, but we haven't seen 14s pop, which we were waiting to see if that would happen.
3: So my question to Vinny is, just looking at the splits, there's no money coming in on Cincinnati, yet that line won't move to 14. Is, is this the classic line freeze Vinny? I mean, you guys don't want to go to 14?
4: No, I mean, we'll go if we have to. Um, there's a couple of things, a couple of factors here. Let, let's remember this that there's still, you know, 85, 90% of the money on this game is yet to come in. Now, it, the game, we opened this game here at South Point on December 5th. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christy Andrews, our director, posted. Uh, you know, went went uh, went uh, public with the numbers on the fifth. Since then, these two games have been tied to not only all the bowl games, but all the the pro games leading up to it. Right, these past few weeks of pro games and. Of all the bowl games, and this won't surprise anybody, you know we're most excited to, to book these games. I mean, we're going to book these games like NFL playoff games, right? You have a better idea of who's playing, who's not playing due to injury. It's not like there's people opting out of these games. So um, opened at thirteen, and right away went to thirteen and a half the same day, and that's where it has stood. Now, if it if it needs to go to, 14, have you gotten a fourteen? No, have okay. not gotten a fourteen curious. here at, at South point. Uh, I know there were 14s out there, and um, in fact, I think there were 14 and a halves in some uh, in some faraway places. But uh, uh, this game here uh, is going to is going to draw a, a ton of business, and just like uh, just like the uh, Georgia Michigan game.
3: Mike, so you so you're just. The, uh, so reading the tea leaves here is you just – there's so much money coming in. You're just going to leave it where it is right now and right. see where it goes. Yeah, I mean, you That's know, kinda, if, yeah, if it it's has to go to 14, freeze, we'll go. No. It, but, but it's not a freeze, mm-hmm. but you just – you don't have enough data to really go to 14 yet, to well, really see because you can't anticipate where this. to me, I'm all over Alabama at 13 and a half. Anything under two touchdowns, I'm going to take Alabama. I think the level of – of class from the Southeast Conference to the All-America. I think there's a difference. I think if you watch the Houston tape, I know Billy O'Brien and Doug Marone, Mm -hmm. they're going to see ways to throw the ball without Michi even in the game because I'm sure whoever's behind him is just as good as anybody. They could probably play at Cincinnati. So, you know, and the way that this Alabama offense can generate, I think Cincinnati, even though they're as good as they are defensively, they haven't seen an offense as good as Alabama.
4: No question that the two best teams. I mean, it's not just the SEC, right? I mean, when you look at the SEC, I would say, you know, outside of Alabama – And and Georgia, right? No shock. Uh, They were the two top uh, top teams in the country, and the highest-rated power uh, from a power rating standpoint as well. Although, you know, Michigan uh, uh, in current form uh, played extremely well too, but not the typical top-to-bottom SEC this year. But you're right, Michael. I mean, this is a different class, but still, Cincinnati with their ability to score, and Alabama, you know, outside of the, the the last game. You know they've they've shown that they can <clears throat> they can give up points too. So I think that's that's what's uh, that's going to come into play when people if you see fourteen here, I think it's going to be a take by, by more seasoned betters. But yeah. not an aversion to go to fourteen if necessary. But uh, again, two way action overall. Uh, but it, you know what? I think the general public will certainly uh, lean Alabama uh, when all is said and done.
2: Listen. Cincinnati is a great defense, Michael. This will be, as far as who the Bearcats played this year, this will be the best defense they've faced since, what, Notre Dame? And I, I, you got to give Alabama the edge. And against Notre Dame, while they won that game on the road, Cincinnati, they scored just 24 points. So I say just because they were, you know, we're seeing a total set at 57.5, but this is the best defense they've faced, and people have questioned the Alabama defense at times this year. This is just another level for a Cincinnati team.
4: Yeah.
3: That, that's the way I see it. I think it's going to be just challenging. And I think it's that problem is going to manifest itself over like a championship heavyweight fight. It doesn't start off as a problem in the first quarter and everybody gets excited. But then by the wear and tear, the volume of it and without the depth, because when Cincy substitutes to Alabama substitutes, that's the huge difference. There's a giant gap there. Their roster isn't as deep as Alabama's, and that's the wear and tear, which is what football's all about, right? Football's all about, you know, who's more physical, who can control the game, and then who knocks the person out later in the game. I mean, and that's really what you're going to see here, and I think that's where Alabama gains the most significant edge. To me, the other game, Michigan matches Georgia. They may not be as dominant, but they match them, and I don't think that Georgia will be able to run away from Michigan in terms of just physically dominating them.
2: Yeah, I, I would tend to agree. Let's start with where you opened and some no. of the movement here.
4: Same uh, same scenario here. Different number, obviously. Uh, Georgia opened seven and went to seven and a half. Same day. Again, and both of these games have stood exactly where they are. Uh, Georgia at seven and a half and Bama at 13 and a half since, uh, uh, since the fifth. Uh, so that move came early thinking, you know, and, and, and both favorites did get played. So, um, But that's where they've stood. And, again, this game here – um, will there be more two-way in this game yeah m- maybe uh, but uh, as we get t- through it but again just like the uh, the Cincinnati Alabama game you're still going to see 85 percent of the money come in tomorrow and you've got these games today uh, going to it but you've also got several weeks you've got a month uh, almost a month's worth of NFL games going to these two games and again uh, these are two th- th- we love booking these games these these are the I don't want to say the easiest games, but they are—they're easier in terms because you would know who's in, who's playing, and who's—you know—who's—who's who's not. I mean, obviously, if a COVID situation arises, that's a different yeah. story. But there's no opt-outs here, and that's something that—that—that's uh, refreshing, really, for not only us but I'm sure for betters as well.
3: Yeah, I mean it's it's the one game that you can ask these two games you can honestly bet and have an idea who's playing and yeah. who's not. I mean this is a legitimate okay we can you know this is not a get you got to handicap the game. Sure. I'll be surprised. I'm going to make a prediction here on Thursday. I would be surprised if the Michigan Georgia line doesn't start to creep back to seven to and just maybe goes under. I think there's going to be a lot of smart money come in on Michigan because I think Michigan can play with anybody. I think Michigan's a really good team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and, and had they not had that blurp in the road against uh, Amal's uh, Michigan State <laughs> roster, you know, they would, have, they would have been undefeated. And I think this line's a little heavy. Uh, maybe, uh, you know, because I've watched Michigan all year, they're going to have to really do a great job of converting those short yardage plays. But I do think they can stand up, especially since I don't think Georgia's offense is going to be able to run away from
4: them. Well, I think what you're, yeah, Michael, good points. I mean, Michigan, what's fresh in people's minds is that, uh, you, with, you know, that Michigan won uh, and won the Big uh, Big Ten title, and uh, Georgia got beat, and Michigan can run the ball. So can, can Georgia's defense uh, stop Michigan's offense, and uh, particularly the ground game? And I think that's what people get. Now, seven and a half, a key number here. Uh, is there value I think, I think anybody looking to bet Michigan right now is waiting to see if this game goes to eight, uh, and again eight more uh, more uh, important in college yep uh, than uh, than in the pro game
2: yeah it 's the ground game, Haskins and quorum because McNamara is not going to do what Bryce Young did against this defense, right, Michael? So they're going to have to run the game. It's going to be fascinating to see how how Michigan matches up both offensively and defensively up front. They've got the two edges going to the pros, top 10 picks, so they can do it defensively. Will they be able to stop Georgia's front offensively is going to be fascinating.
3: They're going to have to spread them out. They're going to have to throw to run. They're not going to go in there. If they try to go in there with a 40-run game, run game plan, they, won't, they the, uh, Georgia will cover. They're going to have to throw the football effectively. Not that they've got to throw it down the field, but they've got to use a very controlled passing game to get them in second and four and then try to run the football, not try to come out there and try to establish the run.
2: Simply asking for a guess, where do you close in 30 seconds? Where do you close Cincinnati, Alabama, and Georgia, Michigan? This is just a guess. Don't, yeah, don't feel I mean, self-conscious.
4: Again, I I, I wouldn't. Uh, it's it, I wouldn't be surprised if it uh, if it went back to the opening numbers yeah, of of seven and thirteen. It wouldn't shock me if uh, if it went to eight and, and fourteen. It's not a hedge. It's just a matter of just I'm just going by the two-way action right now.
2: You are like Fred Astaire standing on that fence.
4: Okay, Ginger. You're... always good to be with you. <laughs> Ginger,
2: <laughs> thanks, Ginger. Thanks, you just called me Vinny. Ginger Happy Happy Rogers. Happy New Year. Happy <laughs> New Year, guys. Come back here, at Lombardi line. <laughs>